1: Hey, what is up everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as charged podcast. This is the more you know, Kansas City Chiefs edition and joining me to do that today is my guy Caleb James, former friend of the show. I guess current friend of the show. That's my mistake. Uh, He is a contributor and film analyst for Arrowhead
2: live. Caleb, thanks for uh, joining me again this year. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on again. As always, I think we're getting ready to talk about another big one. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be uh, AFC West without the Chargers and
1: Chiefs being kind of the headliner of the week. Um, and we'll certainly dive into uh, a lot of that matchup. Uh, of course, kind of the new era of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offense and all that good stuff. Uh, I, I do have to start, though. I just saw the, uh, the changes that they're making to the field for this game. Uh, and I have to say, like the retro AFC West look, I, I'm a big fan. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I think that's a really cool thing the Chiefs are doing this week.
2: Yeah, definitely, man. It's the um, 50th anniversary of the stadium, so they're basically going all out to give it like that retro feel to how it was back when it first came around in 1972. But yeah, I know, man. The Chiefs are one of the you know franchises; they're real big on honoring the past, honoring tradition. So that's just another great way they're looking to do it this year with the the slick red end zones.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. I love all the old AFC West. Uh, logos and everything like that I I wish more teams would do that in terms of at least like you know from a design standpoint I would love to see like a you know AFC West throwback kind of game on Thursday Night Football or something like that for example
2: no we might get something like that this week I mean you know (laughs) the Chiefs uniforms haven't changed a whole lot in the last you know 50 or 60 years you know that pretty standard red jersey it's always going to be there at Arrowhead
1: yeah, absolutely. So uh, like you mentioned, we are going to dive into that game. But I want to start with just kind of uh, what you saw on Sunday from the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, we'll talk into a lot of the new personnel and things like that. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm sure you did. But, you know, Nate Twi- Nate Tice tweeted this out. They talked about it on the Athletic Football Show. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offense had 66 plays on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. And they gained 33 first downs, which we talked about on the show on Tuesday here, uh, which was just kind of crazy. So uh, what was your first impression on Sunday? Obviously, it's probably a pretty good one from the the new Chiefs offense.
2: Yeah, you know, kind of going against what a lot of the national media said about Tyree Kill leaving town. The Chiefs are still going to have a very potent offense this year. And you really got to, you know, take a look at it in full swing with all the first downs, like you mentioned It wasn't just, you know, the Chiefs feeding one or two guys. It was them getting, you know, it was Patrick Mahomes distributing the ball as a collective. But really, they got so many first downs because they were setting themselves up so well on those first downs. You know, they had very few negative plays in the game. The first play of the game, for example, was just a simple power play, and they get about eight or nine yards up the middle. That's putting yourself in a great position because you can really do whatever you want from an offensive perspective on that second and third down. That combined with Mahomes, like I just mentioned, distributing the ball to, of course, Travis Kelsey, but you get to see the newer guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS start to make a little bit of an impact here and there in the run game. You know, the running backs looked as good as they have in a little while. It led to like this, you know, it it was a pounding. I mean, they pounded the Cardinals who were having some issues defensively. They have a lot of guys out and the Chiefs just, you know, they were clearly flat out the better team from the time they stepped on the field to the time that the game was over.
1: Yeah, I know the, the Cardinals didn't really really make a, a dent on the scoreboard really until the, late in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, what's kind of the vibe there? Because I, I know, you know, week one, it's still a lot of unknown for pretty much every team that's out there. How much stock are you kind of putting into the blowout of the Arizona Cardinals as opposed to, you know, it being like a close
2: game or something like that? Offensively, this is what I expected from the Chiefs because Arizona, I mean, their secondary is having some major issues, you know. Yeah, they got a couple of pretty good safeties, but all of their starting cornerbacks are out. They didn't really have, you know, their linebackers are young and okay, and their defensive line, they lost Chandler Jones, J.J. Watts out, and they just didn't really have, you know, that much of a threat. But where I was really impressed with the Chiefs in this one is the Chiefs have struggled in the past against mobile quarterbacks – you know when this whole defense started to come together, they wanted to bring it together to stop like a Tom Brady type guy. Sure. But they had to kind of evolve into having to stop, you know, the Josh Allen's, Herberts of the world. And then you get Kyler Murray, who kind of doesn't, not exactly like those guys from a throwing perspective. But if you, if you let you know if you let him kill him, if you let him kill you with his legs, he's going to make it a long day. But really, I was just impressed with the way they were able to contain him, and that's honestly the defense is what I'd look to more than anything for saying, yeah, okay, we, can, you know, this was a positive week for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and we'll dive into some of those rookie additions. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunate that uh, obviously Trent McDuffie uh, placed on injured reserve today; um, he'll miss at least four weeks. Of course, um, what do you expect the the
2: move to be in the secondary as they try and uh, replace him this week and, and going forward? Well, you know, McDuffie, they've moved up so many spots in the draft to just pick him up. You know, he's not a rookie who they needs a lot of time to develop, and he's been pretty locked down in the preseason. There's a lot of clips of him playing really good against Juju, really good against MVS, And then, you know, his first taste of action this week goes in, you know, he's playing a good game, but unfortunately comes down with the injury. However, they drafted two other cornerbacks, and the Chiefs have a lot of corners on the roster. They have a lot of guys with experience. They also have LeJarius Sneed. They have Rashad Fenton. You know, those are obviously, you know, the veteran guys in the room. They have two rookies also Jalen Watson, a seventh round pick from Washington State. And then Josh Williams, you know, uh, coming from Jackson State, uh, the HBCU. I've Mm -hmm. actually joked around with people in the past. I don't know if we'll see it this game, but he's a six foot three corner. So maybe the Chiefs have finally found their answer to Mike Williams at some point down the Mm -hmm. line because in the past I haven't really liked the old 5-10, 5-9 versus 6-3 <laughs> matchup. I kind of like it when they're more even playing basketball out there. Sure, But those guys are talented, too. They've shown, and really, you know, it's a real Brett Veach thing. It's a real Steve Spagnuolo thing. They don't mind throwing young corners into the fire and letting them learn early on, you know. Now, obviously, with Keenan Allen out this week, it makes things a little bit easier for the Chiefs defensively. It kind of mitigates that blow of having McDuffie out some, but – you know, there's going to be some guy, you know, I'm sure the chargers are going to run some plays to test some of those young guys. I think it's just going to be up to spags to be able to utilize the safety room, you know, with Reed and Thornhill and Brian cook, to be able to really, you know, help out the young corners where they need it.
1: So would you uh, expect Joshua Williams to be the starter this week, or would you think that they kind of lean on uh, Rashad Fenton and um, I forget the other
2: veterans guy, guy, you just said,
1: um, (laughs) Oh, Go so it's
2: luxurious. Snead, and actually, you know, with them drafting these corners, he's much better in the slot. He showed a lot as a slot, you know, in the slot as a rookie. They tried to move him outside; it's not really where he thrives at. This week, they put him in the slot. He has eight or nine tackles. He's playing down in the box, almost playing like a safety hybrid. You know, like you know, kind of how he did some Tyron Matthew type things here and there. So maybe mm. he's filling in that role. But honestly, I would honestly look for the names of Jalen Watson to probably fill in also because I think he actually got to play more reps than Josh Williams did. He's the seventh round rookie. You know, he's okay. not he's not a small corner either. You know, he's about six foot tall, and he's a pretty physical guy. He plays, you know, you play man well. I'd be looking for him, but I think they're probably going to have to rely on Fenton and Snead a lot this week just on the outsides.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned uh, how they were able to kind of frustrate Kyler Murray. Of course, a lot of that. At least from uh, my view on Pro Football Focus, probably was due to George Karloftis, the rookie out of Purdue, uh, the other first round pick that the Chiefs had uh, this past April. So, uh, what did you make of the debut of George Karloftis, and then you
2: know by extension the rest of the pass rushers of the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, Karloftis certainly has some juice, but it's nice to get Chris Jones surrounded by a competent unit. Mm. Because he's really what makes that whole unit, you know, he's what makes everything go. And Karloftis had, did, you know, I saw PFF, they had him listed down for six pressures, and he did do a good job of getting back there. Kyler Murray's a harder guy to finish the plays on because he's so quick and agile back there. But then you also got, you know, Carloftis with his power, you've got Carlos Dunlap, who had a sack who worked the power, who worked well in combination with Chris Jones. The Chiefs only ran one stunt this week, and it resulted in a pretty nice sack of Kyler Murray. I'd expect to see more of that here soon. But just having these guys that you can put on the outside around Chris Jones and then maybe seeing, you know, maybe Frank Clark looking a little bit quicker, it kind of adds a different element to what they want to do pass rush-wise that they haven't had in the last couple of seasons. But they did a good job of containing Kyler. They had a couple of you know just twist games here or there, or they had a couple of plays where they drop back. They drop back Karlaftis some. They drop back Frank Clark some into coverage, almost like into like a muddled spy kind of look here or mm-hmm. there, just to kind of keep him around. I don't know how much of that they'll do this week versus Herbert, but yeah. if he starts killing him with his legs, they might revert back to it later on.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a good thing to have in the in the toolbox for sure. Um, I want to shift gears here and, and you know talk back about the offense because to me, like this Chiefs interior interior is is the best in the league. I don't I don't know if Trey Smith is going to play or not, and perhaps you can speak on that. But um what do you what have you seen kind of from the evolution of the Chiefs running game? Because I know you you look on again at the statistics are, are very, very good from this past Sunday. Um, you know, reportedly they've done a lot more like heavy personnel and things like that. Do you expect Andy Reid to really rely? Not, I don't want to say rely,
2: but like be more focused on the run game this year. I should say. I think that with Patrick Mahomes, it makes it hard to focus on the run game. But I think they have so many good pieces that it just adds another level of what they can do in the offense. And you mentioned that heavy personnel; they ran a high percentage of thirteen personnel because they have Mm. three pretty talented tight ends on the roster. Well, they have four really. Blake Bell on the IR, like this you know, early on in the season, but they have Jody Fortson who's starting to kind of show as a red zone threat. He looked pretty good. His only catch of the, you know, his only catch of the game was a touchdown, but they also have Noah Gray uh, fifth round draft pick from Duke last year. They're using him almost like an F back. They're using him right now, similar to kind of how, you know, I'm, He's not. it's definitely not a carbon copy, but some of the run scheme stuff they do, they do a little similar to how use check is used. Okay. you know, here and there. So it's a little similar to that, but they have these three guys that they can put on the field and create these blocking mismatch, mismatches. And the reason they're still mismatches is because they're both pretty, com- they're all three competent, in, you know, Kelsey, of course, but that's really been kind of the big, you know, the theme from camp, the theme from, you know, the preseason is they're getting into these, you know, they're getting under center, they're putting a fullback back there or they're coming out with three tight ends and 13 or you know, doing whatever they can in 23. And they're going to come out and, you know, they ran power, they ran zone, you know, same as they always do, but they even mixed in a little outside zone here and there. And they have different guys playing running back, you know, they have Clyde Edwards, A'Laire who looked a lot better, but you know, let, let's get to see more of Jarek McKinnon, what he can do. Cause we had such a small sample size in the playoffs last year. Mm. And then, you know, the rookie Isaiah Pacheco, he's definitely a sleeper I don't I know there's a lot of hype around him at camp but if you've ever watched him run you know when he hits that first hole and he gets into the secondary he can fly now man I'm
1: <laughs> we've talked a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs rookie class today uh the Chargers have uh you know of course Zion Johnson but not a whole lot of starters from the rookie class you look at the Chiefs and uh it sounds like the whole class is damn near playing well and uh, starting so Have to say, I'm a little bit jealous there uh, of your guys' rookie class.
2: Well, it's kind of, you know, the Chiefs and Chargers took opposite approaches this offseason. You know, I'm jealous you guys, you know, went out and signed Cleo (laughs) Mack and get three sacks on DC. That's always nice. You know, you know what you're going to get right there. It's two totally opposite approaches, though. I mean, the Chiefs sold their superstar, they sold, you know, the most explosive player in the league for pretty good haul of picks and they've managed, you know, it looks like they've done a good job to capitalize on them. I mean, Leo Chanel hasn't even gotten on the field yet just because of the talent at the linebacker position right now, but the chargers, you know, they take the exact opposite approach. You know, they give Mike Williams his extension and then they go out and they're going to get Khalil Mack. They go out and get JC Jackson. They get the two best guys available at their position you know, and the, I've seen the Chiefs do that before. Also, they did that to go get Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. They spent the money. They spent mm-hmm. the picks. They've done it with Orlando Brown. So you know, it was almost exciting to actually get to enjoy the draft and covering all these new guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, very different approach. Uh, you know, uh, the draft has been one of my favorite things because the Chargers, like it's, you know, this, that's the Super Bowl of the of the team for the last few years. So uh, I'm sure it was a fun change for you for sure. Um, On our show, uh, when we preview each game, we always do a a victory formation segment, which is uh, kind of what we dedicate to, essentially like a keys to victory kind of uh, segment. Uh, So if I were to ask you, you know, what's your biggest focus, your your, your focal point of uh, the Chiefs attack tomorrow that
2: they absolutely have to accomplish in order to beat the Chargers, what would you say? I think it's just win the turnover takeaway battle. I think that was the key in the both matchups last season. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Chiefs did have one turnover this week. Uh, Juju fumbled the football after he did have a pretty nice game. He had about 80 yards receiving, but you can't do with, you know, so many fun, you can't do with the fumble. And then, you know, I'm just looking briefly at the Chargers and Raiders game. There's a lot of turnovers in that one kind of mm-hmm. helped the outcome for both ways. It was up in the air there for a second, but I just think if you win the turnover takeaway battle, I think to me that's so big in these games with these high-level quarterbacks because it could it could literally go all night if they let it. It could go back and forth all night between Mahomes and Herbert if they let it. It's just going to be which defense can step up a little bit here and there and get that first takeaway.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great call. You know, this these games are always uh, highly contested, one-position kind of matchup. So if you can get, you know, an interception here or there, you know, then you can – You'd probably feel better about yourself i mean the chargers in the first game last year right they had uh, i think it was three interceptions on Mahomes homes and they still only won by one possession so anytime you can steal one is is certainly a big deal
2: yeah and there was a f- clyde edwards also fumbled inside right. of the 45 going down to score also so i mean then you come back the second game of the year nick bolton bats a pass up to the air forces the turnover and then the fumble, the giant fumble on the goal line, Tershawn mm-hmm. Wharton forces a yep. fumble. And I think Nick Bolton came in and recovered that one also. So, you know, it's just that's those are the plays that decide the game a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're really looking forward to it, man. I I, uh, I was messing around on Amazon Prime this morning to try and figure out, like, how I could, like, record the game and save it for later and, like, all that stuff. Uh, it's going to be a new uh, experience for sure. going to be an exciting time. Uh, general feelings as you head into this one, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up for you. Just kind of your your thoughts
2: in, in, on the matchup in general. You know, man, I'm obviously excited. You know, it's the first game, of, the first home game of the season for the Chiefs. It's going to be, you know, Arrowhead's going to be out there rocking for the big Thursday night primetime crowd. Um, I just wish, it, you know, off of the short week, it makes things interesting, though, because Trey Smith is questionable right now. And obviously you like to have your whole offensive line intact versus the Chargers defensive line but you know I'm optimistic for it you know I think that Patrick Mahomes showed the world that he's not going to miss a step and you know I think the Chargers are right where they want to be in position to try to overthrow the Chiefs also so it's going to be a pretty good matchup to see who's going to be able to conquer who first of the season isn't it weird
1: how an elite quarterback just kind of figures
2: a way out how to stay elite isn't that just kind of <laughs> weird how that works out yeah it's strange i'm sure here <laughs> you know here in a few years if you know allen retires up retiring or mike williams leaves or whatever they're going to be saying the same things yeah. about justin herbert i mean if duke could throw the ball he can throw anybody <laughs> open from anywhere
1: yeah the the whole offseason of the chiefs are going to be worse and like all this stuff i'm like they still got pat they still got andy reed they'll be fine they'll be more than fine of course so uh caleb really appreciate the time tonight man where can uh chargers fans go and find your work if they want to get some uh, last minute Intel ahead of the matchup tomorrow
2: night. So you guys can go check me out on Twitter at CJ Scoobs. I write for arrowhead live and I have a uh, YouTube channel. I've started also called team talk. I do I'm doing some film breakdowns, some game previews, some stuff here and there about that. And uh, I do think the chiefs are going to win. I'll go 35 to 28 tomorrow.
1: All right, there we go. High scoring game. Uh, can't wait to uh, watch how it unfolds. Caleb, thanks for, Taking the time to join me tonight, uh, Chargers fans, this was the More You Know Chiefs Edition, signing
3: off. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply.